Welcome back to another episode of the Two Planker Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Schaefer, and today on the show, we got Seamus Flanagan. Seamus, thank you for joining us, dude. Dude, yeah, thank you, bro. I appreciate it a lot, and listen to the podcast, and I like what you're doing. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah, dude, I'm excited for this one. This is going to be cool. There's some good There's some good stuff to talk about. I want to start with... Um, I reached out to you and you're like, I'm super down, but I'm on a street trip right now. So could you tell everyone about that street trip that you're on, where you were at, who you were with? Yeah, man, of course. Um, let's see. I just got back from Minnesota. I was there for two weeks and uh, <clears throat> I was up there with like Benny, Cal, Egan, uh, Emmett with Vishnu and Genoza and Stuvie and Dude, we had a falling ass time, got some good ass clips, and that new child labor movie is gonna be hot for sure. <laughs> oh, that's funny, dude. Um, I had a viewer question at, right off the bat, actually, um, and I wanted to see if this tied into that trip at all. Nick, he said thoughts on uh, Edmonton street spots, and he also described Edmonton as a shithole. So I want to see what your thoughts are and if you agree with that. Yeah, we were there earlier this year as well. We were there in January. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it's definitely different than, I guess, most cities around here. They got a lot of wood rails there. It's kind of smoggy. It's worse than Salt Lake. And, like, uh, I don't know. It's just kind of nasty there. It's not very clean, I guess you could say. So yeah. if you're getting grimy in the streets out there in Edmonton, for sure, you could say. <laughs> That's funny, bro. And that just, I mean, it reminds me that I literally just interviewed Garrett. And I think in that episode, I was like, all right, we're going to take a little bit of a child labor break after this. And then, boom, here we are talking about the same stuff all over again. But it's all good, dude. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> Everyone's Garrett interconnected. Labor, the boys, yeah, it's sick. Yeah, cool. So let's talk about early life a little bit. And uh, I got to admit, I was like a little bit excited to talk to you when I saw that you were doing like interviews at like 11. I was like, oh, this is so easy. Like this guy's been getting interviewed for like, the past like 15 years. Like we're, we're chilling. <laughs> So yeah, I'm probably pretty shitty at it still. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you're good, bro. So yeah, tell us about the family because that's pretty relevant to your ski career, I'd say. Tell us about growing up, where you're from, all that good stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm from Minnesota in the Twin Cities right there in Minneapolis and grew up riding Highland Hills. So shouts out to all the people from Highland Hills or if you're riding there. Yeah. Minnesota ski scene is fucking awesome. And uh yeah, my brother's P Bone, Patty Flanagan. He's uh he's a skier dude. He's fucking awesome. And my older brother Aiden, uh he's man, he's crazy too. So he's a snowboarder. He did a bunch of crazy urban stuff as well. And he definitely has showed me crazy spots he's done and big inspo for my brother and obviously p-bone's one of my favorite skiers i love watching him and anything he does i'm like obviously beyond hype for him and plus he's my brother so i'm twice as stoked for him so yeah yeah 
That's so tight, dude. So your middle child, what's like the age gap between all you guys? Um, P Bone is twenty four. I'm twenty six, and my older brother's twenty eight. So twenty two years apart. Yeah, that's super tight. And so it's so funny, man. I feel like I like I see your guys' whole lives progressing doing this research because like. I just get all these links of all these videos. So he Aiden was making videos of you guys like straight from the get go. It seems like. Yeah, no, for sure. He like, he like, ah, uh, how do I say this? He was like super into film and pretty young. He got a camera like, I don't know, around ten, and then got to like behind the editing and everything. And Patty and I. We like could film each other and stuff, but he would like edit the videos for us, like off the bat in the beginning, and we'd do the same for him, or at least try to film him and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Shouts out to Aiden doing that stuff back, and who knows when was that was. <laughs> you guys were like ten years old or something. Yeah, but so yeah, so before we like get into that and like early like early career stuff because you were sponsored so young, but um. Like, how did you guys even find your, all three of you find your way into snow sports? I mean, Minneapolis is cold, but like, it's not, it's still not a fully traditional route. Like if it was traditional, you guys would all be playing hockey and like being awesome yeah, at it. <laughs> definitely. I had to choose between hockey and skiing and uh, what got us into skiing was from honestly, my older brother skateboarding and he, we'd just go to the skate park. And I think I was going there when I was like three, honestly, like dropping into the mini ramp and like pumping around and I think that eventually the cold winters transitioned into getting into the snow from skateboarding so then uh my dad he grew up skiing as well so he just naturally took a skiing and that's where it all blew up I guess <laughs> yeah dude just like yeah skiing out the womb basically <laughs> yeah no I think I started at like three or four somewhere around there yeah, that's awesome. So, yeah. Benny Schwazy, am, am I pronouncing that correctly, your buddy? Yeah. <laughs> so he actually asked a question that really related to your early childhood, um, apart from the one that you told me about. He said, what's it like growing up in Minnesota? What's it like growing up in the Minnesota ski community during the Eric Iberg era? Oh, that's a good question. Um, You know, Iberg was definitely like a little before – I was fully around, but, mm. um, yeah, I remember he would come to Highland and like the ski team, Nibora, he was good friends with them and he would like, he had like special eye for Patty, gave Patty all this gear and shit. And like, Iberg would like come through and just like come hang out with Nibora and get all the kids stoked. And it was sick for sure. Like the whole inspired movement and like all just really everybody just in minnesota just crushing it at the time yeah so i actually don't know much of the history about inspired so that's all midwest grown no no i i mean like they just did all the branches through like okay yeah, yeah. different series where they do it like oregon or minnesota and stuff like that yeah there were some great like in the the those all those videos i was talking about there's some great inspired videos um yeah yeah it was sick uh Matt Koskin and did a bunch of that stuff as well so yeah shouts out to him that's so tight and so who were like the uh who were like the older heads at the mountain and like in the community when you were younger like who were you looking up to 
Uh, let's see. Well, like the first 360 I ever did, it was like in front of Tommy G, who's like a really good snowboarder, Tommy Gasmin. Yeah. So that was pretty funny. He was out at Highland. And, but uh, <clears throat> some of the people I looked up to were like, definitely like Zach Mertz and like Cody Ling and like, uh, like Michael Hibbs and dude, like Bill, like Bill Hickey, like. I don't know. There's so many people like that I was inspired by at a young age there. Yeah. All right. That's kind of like the setting. That's where we're at. Now let's get into like your journey with it. So honestly, dude, I'm watching these videos and I feel like I'm looking at like Walker Shreds footage. Like you're just, you were so young and you were so good. And like <laughs> everyone's saying that you've been on gibberish forever. So like, do you want to give us like a little rundown of like your career, like how you got into everything where... I mean, you could just start wherever you want because I don't, I don't know where to start. Um, there's so much stuff. Yeah, I mean, I guess a good start would be I made a Solomon Jib Academy video, mm -hmm. and that's when like Solomon was huge, and they had the if you won the video part or the contest stuff, they'd fly you to Mammoth and stuff. So I made a Jib Academy edit with gibberish on and stuff, and one of the owners saw me uh, in the video and was like, "Yo, like." super sick like good stuff man like what's like your address like can i send you a hoodie so then i just wore the hoodie for like literally every single day <laughs> when i was like 12 and got a bunch of clips and then went to mammoth and they were like can we send you another hoodie like you're crushing it and then i got some clips for like sammy carlson's movie uh it was like can't stop is that movie what the name is and uh I guess that's after that year that put me on the jib team. And I was like 12 or something. <laughs> Crazy, man. And then that year after that is when we filmed for uh, right back where we started for gibberish. Uh. And I was, I didn't even know what I was even, I didn't even know I was making a gibberish part or anything. I was just like young, like Brandon Husak. He's shouts out to him. He, he filmed me like, I don't know, from like 12 to 18. <laughs> and then uh so yeah he made my gibberish part and that was when i was like 13 and right back where we started and then i guess since then i've been on the gibberish family so yeah Dude. yeah the I, you had this interview with gibberish i actually can't read it right now because they're like doing stuff for their website but it says gibberish you're on gibberish since 2009 at 13 years old that's uh, yeah <laughs> dude that's crazy like so i mean you're 13 so it's kind of hard to have like you know it's kind of hard to have a super accurate perception of the world but like was gibberish established at the time or like because obviously oh, now it's huge their, i think that was their golden era years when i got yeah. there when that movie was made and even the year before that mm -hmm. like they were definitely known they had t wall henrik matt walker mike clark fucking dude all the dudes it was insane yeah, yeah. bro and in there at 13 years old that's crazy we're gonna at some point we're gonna do a full if i once i get in touch with one of these gibberish dudes and once i finally answer my dms we're doing a full gibberish episode but that's for <laughs> that's for a separate time so that'd be dope yeah it'd be so sick so uh 13 are they just flowing you gear are they giving you cash like What's that deal look like um, for you at the time? They they sent me like a couple hoodies and some t-shirts. 
Yeah. And yeah, I was I, I remember when they told me the package was coming, I'd get out of school, just sit by the like the window waiting for the mailman to come and there was like a couple of days it didn't come and I was like, fuck, like ah. <laughs> and then like it came and I was like, Yeah, I was like jumping up and down screaming. <laughs> and I was like, This is so dope. Like, yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Um yeah, that's just so young. It's it's nuts for such like a legit brand. And so, when did um when did Armada come into the fold for you too? After that gibberish, right back where we started. I Solomon put me on after, and then uh, Brandon Husak became who filmed me for right back where we started. Became the team manager for Armada, yeah. and he was like, "Dog, like they're blowing up. Like now's the time. Like." yeah and so it was the perfect time to transition to armada and never looked back since that's so sick so they're flowing your gear you're filming and this is where my research cuts out like i have those early years that i knew about and then it's like a huge gap up until five years ago so like what were you doing for those next years afterwards like from like your early teenagers to your 20s uh were you still in school like, yeah, I don't so know what your like, whole school career is like. After uh, I lived in Minnesota until I was like in high school. Oh. Uh, so I moved out to Colorado when I turned uh, 14 or 15. And then went to the ski academy in Vail for a couple of years. And I uh, completed doing slope style and all that. So I was like doing rev tours and uh, USSA and USASA and doing all of that so i was a big like comp head when i was in high school you could say yeah were you trying to go like career-wise was that like the goal like oh yeah i'm going i'm gonna like go to do tour x games all that stuff was that your goal i think at one point definitely i was like yeah it'd be sick like i was doing the aspen open like i was like yeah if you win that you could get into x games but i had no chance i mean i was just like you know jump kid out of midwest like just having fun so but like i definitely like be sick to compete and do a tour i maybe could do like both way switch times or something but yeah i don't know it's not like anything it's not really there for me i kind of like to ski on my own terms you know yeah were you um like were you public high school the whole time or did you go when you moved to colorado did you do like an academy type of gig yeah, so I did the Vail Academy for two years, and then I was uh, I was just kind of, like, branching away from competing, so now I was, like, skiing Palmore. So I just went to the public school, and uh, for, like, junior and senior year of high school, I only, like, skied park, like, a couple times a year and just really just, like, started getting my big mountain game together and, like, skiing pow and just, like, all around the mountain, like, every fucking day so that made me like appreciate skiing a lot in a more different way so i was like getting a couple clips but it's like to be honest it's hard to film like powder and all that stuff and i was kind of getting used to all the ropes so that was like a good year to just become a big mountain skier for me yeah dude oh my god i relate to that so much right now like like we were talking about i'm from connecticut so it's just small mountains forever. And like, if you're a small mountain, the park skiing is like the only thing to do that keeps it interesting. But like, once you see those big mountains for the first time, 
part of me is like, part of me is like, fuck park skiing. I just want to go like ride everything else for a while. Oh week. yeah. Once you touch some powder, it's like, oh gosh, like skiing pow, it's one of my favorite things in the entire world for sure. Dude, it's so, it makes so, me so happy. Yeah. It's just so time. forgiving. It feels great. Like you don't have to like destroy yourself on metal. Like it is pretty, yeah, right? it's pretty yeah. nice. <laughs> so yeah, I got an appreciation for pow pretty young and. I think I just like definitely was still doing park, but I was just having fun just skiing the mountain and hanging out with friends in high school and, you know, kind of just living a normal, I guess, high school life and just skiing and stuff. And then once I got out of high school, I moved to uh, Summit County yeah, and lived there for seven years. And that's when I started picking up park a lot more and again. Yeah. So before we get to probably what was the golden era of Summit County, um, like your parents, <laughs> dude, your parents had they had three boys that are just like running all over the place, hucking themselves off wherever. What were their thoughts on like what you guys were doing? <laughs> I think my mom tried to just not know what we were doing. <laughs> and she would make fun of all the trick names like Triple Indy or like yeah. whatever <laughs> she would come up with. And that, like, yeah, she just, like, gets so worried. She doesn't really want to know. But she supports us. She would still come to the contest and watch us. And, yeah. You know. But, and then my dad, yeah, he uh, he grew up, like, skiing and skateboarding and golfing and uh, all that. So he kind of got us all into what he likes. So, yeah. That's so true. Shout out to my dad for bringing us out pretty young age <laughs> yeah that's so sick and uh was there any ever pre- was there any pressure from them at any point like all right yeah skiing's great how does being a lawyer sound or how does being a doctor sound like yeah that? oh yeah they were like when i got out of high school and was living in summit i had like a year to figure it out and then after that they're like what's going on i'm like I'm just skiing, like, I'm having fun, I'm young, like, I know, like, I can't ski the way I'm skiing in the next, what down the lines, and I just was like, I'm cool to take the chances, I know it's gonna hurt my future, but I'll figure it out, like, it's all gonna come oh, along, yeah. that's pretty, you know? Yeah, so yeah, let's get into that summit move, so you finish high school, public school in Colorado, or in, like, the Vale area, it seems like, and, uh, uh, so you moved to Summit. So what time period are we talking about right now? Because Summit has changed a lot, but there was a really yeah, great period of time. I think I moved there when I graduated from high school. So that was like 2015. Okay. And I moved in August and then did some CMC for a little bit yep. for like a year. And then I was like, yeah, like, I, I don't know if I want to do homework and do all that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, yeah. I don't know. I was like 19, just, I guess, out away from home, skiing at Keystone, Breck, Copper, and yeah, when all the parks were unbelievable. Yeah. So the parks are like just so on point at that time. And uh, you're still sponsored by Gibberish and Armada all through that time, correct? Um, I, I Gibberish for sure. And then Armada, yeah. They would still, like, uh, I think there was one year where they're like, what's going on when I was skiing the big mountain stuff? Because yeah. I wasn't really putting out any content. Yeah. 
And then uh, they had some different team managers switch, and I had to kind of regain some connections. So, I mean, Armada's definitely had my back since, you know, they've had me. So, shouts out to them, too. Yeah. So, you already, like, kind of got your foot in the door, which is more than, like, some people have, like, leaving high school. Some people leave high school. They're like, all right, now I'm looking for sponsors and all that. But you already had some sponsors going into it. So, what was your approach for, like – making it work and like i don't know just like you got you got to make money somehow you gotta yeah honestly i've always just like made my own money honestly like gibberish they uh help us a lot with the strictly stuff and like filming and all that they'll give us a budget and then armadas just gave me gear throughout my whole life and i'm just down the ride for them because they like make some of the more better gear i think in my opinion yeah so, yeah but i mean i've had a couple different ap- companies approach me mm-hmm. and you know it's definitely up in the air but i don't know if i want to do that because i'm just like riding with armada yeah so you were just full ski bumming it in summit for sure i was washing dishes at Red Mountain Grill, skiing every fucking day. <laughs> when I was 19. And then I got, I moved up to like on the line and started cooking there for like, I worked there for a couple of years and uh, just allowed me to just ski every day and then eat free food and pay for the rent, I guess. Yeah. Damn. Underrated part of working in the kitchen. You, you cover all your food expenses. I, for, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd come. <laughs> off the hill and be like all right like make some tacos throw some steak on the grill and then have like a burger later like you'll eat definitely good they're like you can eat as much as you want i was like hell yeah (laughs) that's funny bro so so your story kind of ties in with like the start of strictly because we talked about this i've talked about this with egg in the pete episode pete kukov if anybody does not know what i mean when i say egg but so those first couple videos, you, Zayner, Calvin, those dudes, like those were gibberish edits at the beginning, correct? Like that crew um, of people was making videos for gibberish? Yeah, we definitely, like when they got put on, we were putting out a couple edits together for sure. Yeah, so that's kind of like the first time that that crew's all together, no? Mm-hmm, yeah, definitely. Um, I was chilling with Zayner, I think, and Calvin before they got put on with gibberish. Mm-hmm. a little bit and then um once they got put on we just came i guess like really good friends that's that's awesome <laughs> so yeah so those first couple videos let me see what i got here uh part from five years ago gibberish seventy thirty. you got banged up you got any thoughts about that period of time filming those videos like yeah did you just know that like something like you guys were making something kind of leveling up a little bit by making those videos yeah i think this yeah this is definitely that time period uh what banged up was 16 or 17 that's when i was like 19 or 20 or something or 70 30 that's what i mean 70 30 was yeah around that year when i was like 19 or 20 and uh that's the year they got put on so i remember i went to minnesota and i met up with patty and filmed with uh some of his friends 
and then used my clips for 70 30 they were they were like let's make a gibberish movie mm-hmm. so then yeah that's how that happened for 70 30 and then uh banged up we definitely had a vision for that year and uh gibberish covered like some gas for that or like mostly gas and uh yeah we just filmed and i don't what were we even filming on i think like a gh4 or something we were that's the year where we like we're like we got to start filming like better like this is definitely happening and then oh let's see banged up year yeah that was fun because we went on a trip to minnesota we went to boston and uh filmed around colorado that's so tight was that your first like uh well not banged up but like 70 30 and like had you filmed have you t- did, did you take urban skiing super serious before then had you filmed a lot of before then or was this like your first venture into like driving from spot to spot to spot in the freezing cold building all day um, no that yeah that's definitely a good question i think after 70 30 it was when i was like oh like i can definitely start taking these more part tricks to bigger spots and stuff and I was like, all right, like competing isn't really my thing. And I can kind of show my unique side through street skiing and stuff. So, yeah, that's when I kind of got more of a, I guess, vision and hungriness for it then. Yeah. Dude, just based on these street videos, like, were you a menace in the park just going huge? Or were you like keeping it? Because, you know, if you're if you're a comp guy, like everyone, this is a big complaint of competitions. Everyone kind of learns the same tricks at the same time. And or were you just like doing your own thing in the park? I honestly, that's a good question. And I always knew off the bat, like, don't skip tricks. Like Mm. if there's a lot of kids out there these days that I'll do like a double court 1080 and they can't even write three. Like, seriously, like it's it's I knew that was going to not be my problem. So. I honestly, my progression wasn't as fast as everybody, but I learned how to like slide both ways and both way two ons and stuff like that. And then, yeah, I guess that helped me down the line because I can, I can't really necessarily do dubs, but I can do like, you know, both way switch nines or, you know, switch tens and both way forward nines when a lot of kids out there can't even, you know, write three. Yeah. <laughs> It's not about how fast you're doing everything. It's just like, dude, like if you're doing that along the way, like learning tricks, like, like forward, <laughs> forward switch, natural, unnatural for everything. Oh my yeah, God. That's you're unstoppable. I at it. Yeah. I was like, I can't write seven until I do a switch or like a right five or whatever, you know, or, yeah. or like I can't do a right seven until I do like a switch on natty five or something like that. Yeah. So I was like, I want to definitely learn the tricks of the way, like it probably should be learned. Yeah. Damn. That's like a pretty disciplined way of looking at something that's for the most part is pretty just like loose, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. And like, I didn't have necessarily like the ability to go over 1080s and stuff. So <laughs> I was like, I'll keep it, you know, steezy and cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to not go to 1080 if you're like, Hey, I'm just taking my time on these, on these <laughs> switch unnatural fives. All right. I'll get to 1080 eventually. <laughs> yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. It definitely worked that way. Cause you can be comfortable looking over both shoulders going switch or yeah. off the takeoff. You're like, all right, I feel pretty good. 
Yeah. So after these first two videos, where do things go from here? Because then we're getting into bigger videos, you know, more effort put into the filming, probably more thought put into the spots. Like how did everything progress after like these first couple, like uh, big projects? I think after banged up, um, we, that's when like, we didn't really know what we were filming for. Like we just were filming and I think Pete and like Mildenberger were like, yeah, like let's do strictly stuff. Like let's create that thing. And I think that's the year Welcome came out, mm-hmm. and I was like pretty busy with like just I couldn't really afford to travel and get clips and stuff. So I think I kind of just worked that year. I started coaching as well for the Breck team, and uh, yeah, I just I got on like a couple trips, but. Nothing like enough to get a couple clips, you know? Yeah. So, and that's when I wasn't really like reaching out for like, yeah, a budget to travel and stuff too. So, yeah. Like, I, I still haven't really even done that as much. I gotta probably should work on that. But yeah, I mean, yeah, it just helps when you can get a little budget so I can get out away from work and actually go skiing. Yeah. So, I'm gonna venture into some territory here. We can cut this part out if if this if this doesn't go well. So I was on New Schoolers, and uh, there's people have this sense. I don't know, and I don't mean to blow this out of proportion. Say that this is a widely held thing, but people have the sense that you were like inched out of strictly at the beginning, that the, the oh. and, and that they that you're like excluded in some way. Do you feel like that was the case at all? Maybe a little bit. Um. But uh, it was like, I kind of didn't really know what the vibe was at the time. Mm-hmm. There wasn't really like a vibe being created for Shamo. So I don't know if uh, what was going on, but I was working and they were definitely getting clips. And it was kind of, uh, it was a hard time for me probably too. Yeah. So do you feel like, I mean, th- this is why I didn't want to, ease into this you know because there's that dynamics between friends and people that still work together like do you look back on that time where you're and you're like damn i wish i was included more or you're like nah i was working and like saving up money and and whatever um i i think yeah it would have helped me a little more just Mm -hmm. because like big being like more eyes on you i guess with any clip is always good but yeah i think it definitely could have helped me more with uh maybe promoting myself with getting more money but other than that whatever yeah is that something you guys have talked about before like between all you guys i don't want to like bring up shit yeah we definitely yeah oh yeah Yeah. and they know too and i know and like it's all good like we laugh about it and stuff but like yeah yeah i definitely like you know could have maybe gone on like a bigger ride for a second there but you know i was busy with my own shit yeah and this is the part that i think is interesting especially for the younger guys that listen to this podcast you know a large segment of this is like people in their 20s but then there's also people that are like it's still in high school listen to this it's like all these projects that seem larger than life are driven by kids that are like literally teenagers sometimes you're talking about like 19 20 21 that's a period of time where no one knows what the fuck is going on. And they certainly do not know how to like deal with like 
other people's priorities like you know it's just like yeah. a difficult it's a difficult time to work with oh, a lot yeah, of other young like, people i i agree yeah that's when you're crazy that's why you do crazy shit yeah you don't have uh, you're not old enough to think about like no if i break my hand i'm not gonna be able to go to work tomorrow yeah. <laughs> you're like stuff like that you know you're not thinking about that when you're 18 you're thinking about what's the next hot shit yeah so that's cool that you guys have talked about that before because i did want to like people on new schoolers were like tight about it and i was like is this true because i've never heard about this before but like i guess it comes with the territory of dealing with like a bunch of young dudes with big personalities it's like shit gets hard sometimes yeah for sure and like yeah definitely it's just uh i guess everything sometimes happens for a reason or doesn't but yeah we all are good now and we've always been good so yeah it's all chill there we go boom weeded into some unknown territory um so i mean those years you're living you're pursuing an untraditional path things aren't always easy how'd you like like what got you through how'd you kind of navigate that time of like damn like this isn't going my way some things are going my way like how do you work through that time um i just like honestly just care like the most about skiing you know Mm -hmm. could not really care about as much cloud as a lot of heads out there so (laughs) you know i'm uh, i'm doing it for the love of it because i love it you know so that's what's always like carried me to just keep on like skiing i think just naturally from skiing i get tired of doing that trick or this trick so i'm always trying to push myself and i think that's what keeps me just going i guess or that's what you were kind of asking right yeah exactly it's just like oh well you're like tying back to what we said before it's like all right i feel like i'm being a little bit excluded from all the fun that's going on and then you know that happens to people all the time and but so where do you turn and basically you're saying Basically, you're saying, I just focused on my skiing. I just wanted to be good and just keep skiing. Yeah, and I just wanted to get better. So, like, yeah, like, when I'm ready to go skiing, I'm ready to pop off in front of the camera. Yeah. Did you pick up any um, – were you, like, coaching at the time? Like in, Yeah, in- I yeah. definitely was. That's how I was uh, – I transitioned from the kitchen to coaching. Yeah. Uh, around, like, 23 or so. Okay, that's tight. <laughs> Or I think I started coaching around 21, but I was doing it for part-time. And then once I turned 23, I've been doing it a little more full-time each year. All right, sick. We can get into that a little bit more because that's like kind of more recent stuff. Um, so when did the filming come back into the fold? After, after you were on the outs for a little bit, when did you start getting in with, I mean, like two of the biggest crew, you're part of two of the biggest crews right now filming with filming with everyone it seems like like so how did you work your way back in and like what was that transition back reconnecting with everyone like i think after covid i was like damn like i just like haven't i know like i have a lot more potential to do what i love so i wanted to make a part where i was actually happy with because a lot of the other parts i was like yeah like they're cool but I know I got a lot more potential and I want to test what I could do. And I think after COVID that's the winter. Like I just, I got money from the government, honestly. And I just like <laughs> went off and skied. And 
that honestly kept me out away from Summit County and on the road. So, yeah, I shouts out to COVID because that most gutter year was budgeted off of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so this is like tying into like super recent. So that like those were like the years leading up to COVID. Just to like create a solid timeline, and then COVID. Okay, okay, true, true. It, yeah, yeah just it just help my mental framework, and just every and the people listening. So those are the years leading up to COVID, and then COVID was the year that like everything changed. And so that so during quarantine, is that when you guys were out filming most gutter, just like going around to these cities? It was after the really gnarly time. Like, yeah. So after lockdown. Yeah that that's when they were like in Canada and stuff, and then. What movie came out out of Strictly? I can't think of it off the top of my head right now, but it's, uh, it was like, there's, I can't, I'm so dumb as hell right now. I'm not being able to say, say it, but I was back come- from Canada because it was so gnarly. And then the next year was when I jumped on, I guess. Yeah. So right after Welcome or Bermuda? Oh, uh, it was after, yeah, one of those two. Yeah. I forget uh- the timeline, honestly. Yeah. So how did you, I mean, how did you reconnect with those guys? Um, I think it was because they were like, uh, it was like more opening for more space in the crew, I guess, with mm. the three b- movies being made. So that like Sam and Calvin really wanted to like recreate Banged Up. And they were, we were thinking of calling it Banged Up like two or, I think most gutter was like actually the vision the whole time, but they wanted to make a banged up that was like where this is our baby child we filmed this we edited this we worked our hardest like that was our vision like we're gonna try our best and gibberish gave us um they were the presenting sponsors so i mean shouts out to them because that's how that movie got created off of them and the other sponsors too yeah dude that's crazy i don't know my mind's blown because so I don't believe everything I see at New Schoolers. But, uh, yeah, I think it's cool. Like, being on the outs and then being on the ins and then dropping, like, one of the sickest segments ever. What like, what the fuck, dude? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's so sick. <laughs> well, like, I guess the year before most gutter, that's when I coached uh, for the Breck team full-time for slope style. So, like, I was just, like, skiing slope style with the kids working on my tricks and i'd be like oh this would be fun to bring this to the streets or something like that and i think from skiing park like a lot that year made me like a lot better and i was like feeling confident on my skis mm-hmm. so then when most gutter came i was like word like let's ride two onto this bitch i'll be good <laughs> <laughs> dude so let's talk about most gutter all right there's some insane clips in here uh Let's do the screen share. I'm sorry for the audio people. We're do- the audio only people. We're doing screen share. We're going to pull up some clips because there is just some, there's some clips that can't be overlooked in this movie. And there's a lot of viewer questions about them. So, uh, so here we go, dude. Okay. So just busting out the biggest back four ever, bro. Not this clip. Or the back two. safe lip on back two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, bro. Yeah, that that is <laughs> so huge. 
That's easily, I don't know, how many, how many feet is that? Like a 30 to 40 foot drop off that thing, bro? It's tall, definitely. It feels that tall. I'd say it's probably like maybe around, I don't know, dude. It's so hard to say. I don't want to put numbers out there. Maybe 25 to 30, but from the bottom, you should almost pause it from the bottom. We're yeah. like, yeah, because I can almost count it from up on the bottom angle there. Because like that fence is probably like four feet, but we'll just measure it to the ledge there. So that's like five, 10, 15, 20, 25. And then I, that's probably like a 25 foot from the closeout to the ground. But then I take it a little further. So maybe like 30. Bro, a little further. You've, you boosted off this thing. <laughs> this is insane, yeah. bro. <laughs> Yeah, so just watching it one more time. So what's the backstory behind that clip? I mean, that is, uh, you know, I, um, I, I fear I use this too much, but that's a timeless clip. That is that is an insane, huge trick right there. Yeah, that's definitely, there's a good story behind this. Um, this was bef- before I met up with Sam and those boys. So I was filming in Minnesota with my little brother and Zoot Space homies. And uh, I was just like hanging out with Patty and the Zoot homies, getting a couple clips, and they were kind enough to get me clipped up like a couple times that week. So, like you can kind of tell the spots, like they're filmed a little different and the quality's different. Mm. And like Oliver and Sanch filmed this clip, but uh, yeah, that was in Duluth, and my older brothers hit that spot and my younger brother. So that's one of the spots we've all hit together. But yeah, that closeout, I don't know. I could literally hear the wind like when I was falling off of it. Like, <laughs> like it was, it, it was insane. The amount of like time coming off of that rail and like, dude, I probably hit it like 20 times after that back too. And I was just like, all right, this is good enough. Like, I, like, couldn't walk the next day. I was destroyed. Yeah, man. That's crazy. But I think I got a clip the next day, but I literally felt like an 80-year-old man. Yeah, so so was that so the back two was first, naturally. And then, so it was, how much later did you say it was, it was that you got the back six? Probably, like, dude, it was, like, 15 to 20 tries. I remember, like, hitting my face on my knee and like definitely like falling in the trees on the left on the landing a couple of times like not locking in right yeah. or like literally like under rotating or like not giving like the proper like that for the six i guess you could say yeah so. and the winch too like at the time was like jerking so like you would get jerked on the in run and the speed would be different every time that's so funny bro and uh oh so but, but it was same day like one day you didn't have to come back to the spot to get it um yeah oh i yeah. think i pushed the landing the day before and then went and made breakfast for everybody the next morning and i was like all right like this is this is the day i do the back six <laughs> yeah damn bro i claimed it before i went there i was like i got a back six they're all like what are you thinking and i'm like dude i gotta do it so i actually do want to ask a viewer question right here because this ties in great um so benny child labor benny he said seamus has hit some of the biggest street spots i've ever seen in person 
<laughs> he says, what is going through your head when you're hitting a spot like that? He says, most underrated skier out there. Oh, damn, Benny. Thank you, brother. Love you, G. Um, damn, I don't know. I'm just like, I think I like want to see my limits. Mm -hmm. and I'm kind of trying to see where I can kind of stop myself from being you know so i'm like i guess trying to explore my limits and then through my head i'm like all right like you i think you got this and shit like yeah and then like if you start second guessing yourself it's just gets risky and riskier but it's like good to do that too at times but i think the you just gotta just give it a shot to know and yeah. like once you try it you're kind of in you're in spot jail you got your shoes on you got yeah. your boots on. It's time to get the clip, but I've—I don't know. Have I walked away from something? Well, here I'll probably have a vision for a spot and be like, "Oh, I want to switch to this," and then get there, and I'm like, "Oh, like I can only probably just hit this. This thing's gnarly, or something, you know?" Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. So that's or, when your brain. I don't even—I don't even know what's going through my head, honestly, though. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, I just want to get a clip, I guess. Well, that's when your brain is on. Like, when that winch is running in, like, literally while you're doing it, are you, like, music in, like, turn your brain off? Like, what do you think, like, how do you approach, because that's what LJ says. LJ says that when he's doing something crazy, he's just, like, envisions it. He's like, all right, I could probably do this. And then that's, like, the last thought that he has. And it's no more thinking after that and just doing. Yeah. So you're like, you do so something like similar? Before yeah i mean like i think i just know i'll like either have it or not and if i don't i'll take a slam if it's bad i'll walk away and probably won't try it again but uh i'm like at least i'm gonna like i'll get the vision and if i know i can do it most of the time i'm like where i got this that's so sick so i'm like let's just let's i know i got this like that's what's going in my head. You don't want to be thinking anything else. Like, let's go. Yeah. And so Vinny Crudo, Vibe Crudo, uh, how do you continue to keep trying a spots that kick your ass? Like when you're just getting beat to hell, how do you keep going? On that back six, that I remember I was getting so worked. Like every time before that, and hearing the wind in my ears dropping off of that. And like well, what kept me going was like, dude, I, I had the vision. Like, let's get this shit going. Like, I can still move. I can still walk. I'm still like, okay. Sometimes I'll take a break and maybe, you know, just chill out, maybe smoke a spliff and then come back. But yeah. Yeah. I just like, I think, yeah. I don't know. I'm just hungry and. I played football when I was super young too. So I remember like taking some gnarly hits being smaller. And I think that like got me, I don't know, beast like, I guess, or not like trying to hype myself up, but just like, I don't know, high like pain tolerance or something. Yeah. That's... And knowing how to fall too. Like if you kind of, I mean, everyone falls, but if you're good at falling, that's an, another skill of skiing. Mm -hmm. wow man that spot is just it's just so wicked holy shit and so 
What was the reaction from the people there with you? Because that is an abnormally big spot. That's not some like crazy long rail. Like that is a huge drop. They were huge... scared. They were scared. Like, are people scared being around you while you're doing this? They were like, "Bro, you are insane! Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like I gotta get this, my dogs." Yeah. So is they're it like... more of like they're stoked for you, or are they more like I'm so glad that this is over? It's a bulk. For like, sure, yeah, definitely some of that shit. Like always, the first day whenever I do some of this shit, everyone, it's and everyone's quiet as hell. No one wants like everyone's nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, Seamus isn't a fun guy to be around. He's a scary guy to be around at the spot. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I definitely like when I'm hitting the spot. I'm pretty focused and like it's scary. And then when I'm done, I'm like, where? Yeah. Are you prone to any wicked freakouts? You know, like there's those classic uh I think when I was younger, I thought it was cool to do that shit. I'll like throw your skis, like, scream, all that. I don't I'll just like I'll definitely yell like that bomb if I'm not making the rail. If I'm getting but it like when that happens too, I kinda pull over to the side and give myself a five minute break and I'm like, dude, like you're not supposed to ski like upset. Like you, this you do this because it's fun. Like, take a couple deep breaths and come back not up upset. And whenever I do that, I definitely ski better. And you don't want to stress yourself out. It shouldn't it's supposed to be fun? Yeah, I've actually you know think about it. I've never asked somebody asked one of you guys this before, but it's like when you're doing something, you know, potentially hundreds of times trying to get the clip. You know, rarely it goes that much in a day, but like, you know, you're doing it dozens of times in a day. Do you ever just step away for like a while and you're like, dude, I just need like some space from this because that's got to be mind numbing. Just go, just hiking back up yeah. every time. Whenever, I feel like whenever that happens, I'm like, all right, let's just, I'm going to roll one up. I'm getting too upset. Yeah. And then come back to the spot. My little brother says he doesn't get how I do that or like homies like laugh. I'm like, I got to take a second and smoke one. And then it kind of just helps me like calm down. And then I, I don't know, helps with like healing my body, I guess, not being as sore. And then I feel a little more loosey goosey coming <laughs> in the spot, a little more happy. And then I don't know, it definitely helps. Yeah. I'm feeling tired, smoking other clerks about it. That's sick. All right. We'll move on to the next clip. Even though I could talk about that clip all day. That clip is awesome. Uh, all right. Next clip we're doing is the battleship rail from, uh, from why not some child labor action. So let's run the clip. <laughs> There's you and Benny. Yeah. My eyes are so funny in that little B roll clip. Yeah. And bang. The so sea trap rail. So, I don't even really know what to call that rail. Yeah, this rail, uh, let's see. You said on Instagram that you'd go back three times for this rail. Is that true? I think I did. It was because of the winch. With the child labor winch, we that trip, if you can tell, there aren't really, like, any winch clip or from that month or really whatever. But, uh, yeah, our winch was, it was horrible, so... I had to hit up Tucker, and he was kind enough to come out with Calvin, 
and uh, I used his e-winch for that. And then, yeah. yeah. So I had to come back because of, I guess, technical difficulties and stuff with the winch. But, yeah. It, it took me a while, though. That thing was, like, probably around 80 tries or so. Dude, 80 tries is nuts. So how did you end up doing getting clips for Strictly, clips for child labor? Like, how are you choosing where stuff's going? Uh, the most gutter year, I, I lived in uh, Colorado. Uh-huh. And then after that summer, I moved to uh, Utah, actually. And I live in Salt Lake now. And uh, I actually lived with Benny and Cal. And <laughs> they were like, yeah, like, we're going to Minnesota for the month. Like, you can get clips. You can get me in the movie. You can come in the car. Like, you're all good. Like, you're staying for free. The gas is free. You just got to pay for food. And I was like, where? Like, let's get it. So, yeah, I remember... I went there in January and then I went straight with Strictly and I like my body was so hurting during that delete segment like shit after child labor for a full month and then Strictly for a month I was it was like 54 straight days I did that year yeah so before we like get back into this clip so most gutter <laughs> yeah most gutter, off. Yeah. We, we can go all over the place if we want so most gutter you're back with the Strictly guys. You're back filming. You have I you have an insane part. Like, how are you feeling at that point? Were you like, you're like, are you like, fuck yeah, like I'm getting the respect I deserve. Like, boom, there's a shameo part right there, and it's fire. Like, is is that what the wave you're on? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't like, I was like, yeah, like it'd be cool to like maybe get nominated for some awards or something like that, but. You know, whatever. I, it's, it's all fun for me, and I'm doing it for, with my friends, and if yeah. people are stoked on it, then I'm stoked on you too. Yeah. So you move in. You move in with Benny and Cal. That's quite the setup, bro. I just gotta say. Yeah. What, what a house, sure. dude. Yeah, I still <laughs> live with Cal. Benny lives with Ginoza. But yep. uh, yeah, it was the it, yeah we had a good ass last winter. It was fun. Yeah. So this clip's crazy. You said eighty tries on this clip. I don't know around maybe fifty. I don't know. It's just something like, ridiculous though. It was a it was a good amount of tries, and it was cold that day. It was like I don't know. It was like four degrees or something like that. Yeah, that's wicked, man. Um. All right, next clip we're doing is the roof drop to the down flat down. Still on why not? We'll run the clip. Yeah, that. Uh, so I came off the roof and fell. That was first try when I tacoed or fell off in hot tub. I mean, and then the one that I made it was second try. Damn. And, yeah. So I only hit that thing twice. What and. Was the, uh, uh... <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. Whatever you want to add to that. That's, My that's vision originally was to do a back three swap on the DFD. Yeah. And it was like, uh, like I, it was like looking gnarly for doing that. And then I got up on the roof and I was like, yeah, like this probably could go. We just got to put some snow down here. And uh, yeah, I guess it went pretty well. And that was ended up being a banger clip. And yeah, that's. That was a gnarly spot. 
Damn, bro. How'd you guys? How'd you guys sp- <laughs> scout out that spot? I always that love one. T Hall hit that in his X game spot. I've seen snowboarder heads hit it. It's a, it's at a high school in Minnesota, and there's a couple other things you can do there too. Yeah, I lo- dude. Any clip where you guys are on the roof, I love it, bro. <laughs> yeah, I just love it, man. It is just like have you okay so. This is a part, like, have you guys been, the cops come up to you and be like, why the fuck are you guys on the roof of an elementary school right now? Like, what, and, like, how do you talk your way out of that? Because there's no way that it makes sense to these dudes that are pulling up thinking that you're breaking into an elementary school or, like, messing with the the HVAC up there or something. Like, Dude, right? I mean, like, depends on the spot. So, like, this is a school, you know you're good on a weekend, most likely, like, who knows who's inside so you take your chances but like some spots it'll be right off the road so you'll, i don't know sometimes wearing a vest can be good or maybe it's not the vibe wearing a vest but i don't know just what were we like what was the question again just how do you talk your way out of that <laughs> oh yeah i guess like you just you'll feel the vibe you can like if it's like a janitor you'll be like yeah man like we're just out here playing with snow and then if the cops come you're just like yeah like we're skiing like what's going on and then they'll be like yeah we got a complaint from this person it's always that's how it always starts somebody called us in like can you guys please leave but that's what you hope for you know and most of the time that does happen then i don't like try to mess with spots where it says like no trespassing or if it's in a zone you probably know you shouldn't be hitting it then probably don't i don't know dude some of the most like insane spots ever bro i'm thinking like stepped hitting that rail like inside the broncos stadium complex or like across yeah you can do that too like on a blizzard day yeah it's just like it's like an excuse of like when it's a blizzard it's like oh look at those skiers playing in the snow like that's when you hit that like (laughs) you know if it was like a sunny day after the storm and stuff or like you got to be quick at that there's security always there like i i've heard like they only get like an hour at the most 30 minutes at that spot yeah all right we'll keep this moving along all right our next clip it's a clip from Delete that kind of comes out of nowhere because <laughs> I think you already had your closer. Yeah, I mean, we'll quickly touch on the closer for your segment. This closer is insane, bro. <laughs> yeah, that was – I got that first try too. I couldn't believe it, and then I hit it a couple more times. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you have an insane closer, and the movie just cuts to you standing on a roof just screaming, <laughs> trying to get this roof-to-roof transfer. So, uh, you want to give a little I story remember. on that? You got absolutely destroyed on the second hit when you go over the handlebars. Yeah, I popped too hard. I remember, like, being in, like, just so much pain and, like, being like, oh, like, I know I got this. And, dude, yeah, I just, I don't even know. This spot's funny because I was so scared. You can see how scared I am. That's like that's what we were talking about earlier, where you just got to do it and then get over the first try, and then you'll like be like, "Oh, I was too forward or too." I gotta lean back and then go back and do it. So after I did it like two more times, 
like you can see me maybe cooling out a little bit but like i was trying to amp myself up like standing on top of that if i've even just like lost my balance and fell off of there that's what i was scared about yeah what was behind you on the roof um i actually like put the ladder up and the funny thing about this clip is goo did it and i didn't know he did it and he did it the year before i did because he's all he's like filming for with the zoo homies and they've been saving a bunch of their clips and they were going to save it for their i don't know their long movie but uh i didn't know and then after i did it i told pebo and he's like oh he did that like this is how he did it and like the way he did it it's like so much respect to you like goddamn <laughs> he did it without the ladder bald head like yeah gee <laughs> so so bottom line is you guys were fine with this clip everyone was fine with this clip coming out of you just getting your shit rocked a couple of times and then uh and then rocking it out with the bucket on too that was that was a nice touch that you threw on the helmet for this last hit yeah after doing two somersaults with my head in the ground i was like word like let's put some dome piece on for this yeah bro this is nuts so I, I actually do want to go back to this i wasn't planning on talking about this clip for whatever reason but this clip's insane again hitting the probably some of the biggest spots that everyone there has seen people hit yeah the oh my god bro what is wrong with you the, what is wrong with you this spot is crazy <laughs> the legend of the stairs my original plan was to go there and hit the sewer like wall ride type deal you know yeah but yeah, yeah. Then, like i was like oh like I, the end runs i can just do that so i ended up putting it piece together dude like yeah 15 to 20 feet straight onto the stair set god damn yeah this clip this this angle of it's really good this what nice wide angle or like pull yeah. angle. shouts damn. out to breezy spielberg <laughs> yeah But yeah, taking yeah. the full force of that landing and then just boom right to the wall run. First try. I did get it first try. And uh I just hit it a couple more times because it was sick. It was fun. The speed was right and the snow was and yeah, sunny day. It was a good day. Do you think about any other approach to that? Yeah, my original plan was just to do the wall ride, but then I could get speed from up there and it'd be a lot sicker. So I was like, Oh, I can just like pretty much it's like dropping a cliff yeah. into a wall ride. But once you got that drop, were you think of doing anything else off that drop or was that like, nah, that's too, that's too wild. It was too quick in the stairs. Like you can see me, I'm pretty like backseat in the stairs. I was getting a little yeeted. Yeah. I'm, I don't know, man. You made it look pretty good. It looks. <laughs> so no, if I did something off that ledge, I no no chance <laughs> that's just the that's like a spot where it just speaks for itself you know i like yeah. to hit spots like that where you don't really have to trick them just let the spot speak for itself yeah dude i love that <laughs> i was hyped it ended up being sick and fun and yeah i like spots like that where you don't have to hit it 80 times and get upset <laughs> yeah all right sick. So we'll stop torturing the audio only people. We're back in we're back in podcast mode. Let's um 
I mean, so those were all super recent, dude. Those all came out recently. Uh, let's, uh, we'll take a viewer question since we just talked about two different crews. Ski Bum Barbecue, Ski Bum BBQ. Who's your favorite crew to ski with? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, it honestly, it's I, all my friends are my best friends, and it's a sunny day and it's popping, or even on a blizzard day or whatever, it's good. But yeah, I mean, I'm super hyped to have met Benny and Cal and all the rest of the child labor homies, and they're all good friends of mine as well. So, I mean, I love kicking it with them as well. Sick. Yeah. That's great, man. Um, we got a couple more. Every it's everyone loves to do it. What's what's your favorite of this? What's your favorite of that? So, Ryan Stevenson, what's your favorite place to ski and why? Um, we could do resort, resort and urban if you want to. I think my favorite place to ride, pretty much wherever there's powder, but I don't know. It's hard to say. I've been coaching up at Alta Bird this year. So I've been skiing a lot of Alta and Snowbird and some of the, I don't know, it's up there. Crested Butte's sick. It's hard to say. Little Ryan. Bridger Bowl's sick. <laughs> Copper Mountain on a slushy park day. I don't know. It's all, it, it's fun. Yeah, that's tight. What's the, uh, what's best urban city? Probably Minnesota. Mm -hmm. But we literally all, like, I don't know, three-fourths of the clips from Child Labor produced from there and so many other movies, and there's always new shit. Even I hit a new rail this year mm -hmm. in Minnesota. Like, I think that's the zone. It stays cold. They got snow. Yeah. That's tight. Um, Aaron, favorite type of rail? <clears throat> um, let's see. I think I like a nice just flat down rail the session like in the park that's pretty fun yeah it's so funny man i never i never know how many people want to hear the answers to those types of questions but it's funny um uh, all right woodsman <clears throat> who would you say is pushing the street skiing game in the right direction um definitely emmett over at vishnu i support everything he's doing and his vision, he's helping out so many great urban skiers. And then obviously the Zood Spates guys, like, you know, you got Sanch and Welf and Kid and all the jet ski dudes, Patty, I mean, Sid, all those guys are insane. So, I mean, the way that their, their direction is going, I think it's, I think that's the good direction, you know, mm -hmm. just keeping it core and fun and, good vibe good music and good skiing i guess yeah that's tight um but definitely the you know the labor heads too yeah let's see uh here's a here's an interesting one because i wasn't able to figure this out when i was looking looking stuff up evan <laughs> he wants to know about the the LOD crew, the LOD crew. What's, what's oh, yeah. what is this? So like, yeah, <laughs> LOD crew. It's like anything abbreviated you could think of. So it could be like, I think it it started out with all my high school homies, and we loved the movie Lords of Dogtown. 
Okay. So yeah. we're like, we're the LOD crew. Like, what's up? <laughs> and then it, it kind of turned into like whatever abbreviation you can think of. So like, could be like, you know, lots of like dope or like, let, I don't know, whatever you can think of. Like it just turned into a joke and those are all my good homies. So yeah. Yeah. Lots of, lots of dubs or LOD crew. Yeah. So we'll get down to some of these last ones. So egg, uh, he fed me a couple, he said he fed me a couple prompts, but I, <laughs> two of them, I think we, we covered one. I think we covered the gibberish one. So first one that I wanted to ask you about, he said, ask Seamus about the hundred milligram edible spot. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's pretty funny. Uh, I, I, thought I wasn't going to be skiing that day and just kind of helping shovel at a spot, help Sam or Calvin or Pete or whatever. And we were like scoping for spots and we came up on top of this garage building. It ended up being aluminum rail. And like with the B-Dog Ledgeless ski, you can hit the aluminum rails and stuff. And they're like, Shavo, like you got the skis for it right now. Like, you should do it and i didn't tell him that i ate 100 milligrams and i was like ah like yeah we're here like we're in chicago like yeah let's let's do it <laughs> so we set up the spot and i remember like being at the top of the end run and i was like oh my god like holy shit i'm like here right now skiing and i was like yeah you gotta focus man and then i got it's like the it's the flat rail closeout to down ledge so i was hitting that spot and after I got the clip, I told him, I was like, dude, like, I am so stoned right now. And they all were like, how are you that high? I just did that. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's the 100 milligram spot for sure. I wasn't planning on skiing that day. I was planning on being stoned and shoveling and hanging out. Dude, like I said earlier, the Seamus at the spot is scary to be around. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't tell them because they probably would have been like, you're, you probably shouldn't ski or I didn't want them to say something like that. Yeah. That, you know, messes you up too. That's mad. Yeah. Um, then he also mentioned the switch rodeo five into glass bottles. Yeah. Like that bank was made out of glass. I, yeah. So we, I don't know, harvested snow above that thing and built a nice jump and I've done switch right five into i don't know keystone breck jumps thousands of times so i was like word like let's just run this i know i got that and yeah that i remember hitting it and sticking like a, a fly on the wall or something whatever and just rolling down and we threw a little more snow and it ended up working but yeah that was that was hairy yeah that's funny bro um I don't know what this question, I don't know what this question meant either from Breezy, but I'll ask it to you. He said, are you staying warm? Ba-ding! <laughs> That's hilarious. And uh, banged up, we were hitting the spot at night, and like, it was stupid cold. We were in Duluth. It was like negative 20 or something. And he's like, he like brings the camera to me, and I'm like, I'm like, we're staying warm. Bling, bling, whoa, or something like that and it's it's in the credits of banged up if you want to see the clip but yeah like that's a little joke when we're cold or if we're staying warm we're like we're staying warm yeah 
Oh man, that's funny. Well, dude, that's like all the viewer questions I got, or like a, a lot of the ones that I want to touch on. Like I told you off the recording, on one hour of sleep, banged myself up pretty good at the mountain today, so we're a little scatterbrained. So I want to bring this to a, I want to bring the episode to a conclusion in a way that makes sense for everybody, dude. So where do we leave it off? Where do we leave it off? Do we leave it off with the what's next for Seamus? Is that what you want to leave it off with? You want to plug anything? You want to uh, spit some truth that you didn't get to spit yet? Like, how you want to leave no, us thank off? thank you for uh, asking. Um, not really. I just want to shout out to my brothers and mom and dad and family and gibberish for sure. And thank you for Amada for helping me as well. And, you know, all my homies that back me and support me. And, yeah, just, like, shouts out to, like, you know who you are for sure if you know who i am without my cloud on instagram you know who i am <laughs> well seamus dude i want to thank you for coming on today it was great to talk to you and uh yeah dude just keep being scary bro those clips are <laughs> insane so thank you brother appreciate it well yeah thank you for having me man it's good to meet you too